This episode was helped brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. They're a brewery out there in Eastern Iowa. So if you're in the area, make sure to stop by Kelowna and check out their brewery. Great food at the restaurant there, great beer, obviously. If you're in the Midwest, check out any Hy-Vee's. I believe they carry the six packs and they have different types of flavors. So you guys are gonna wanna you know, definitely try that out. And I think throughout this whole process, Fishing Kid and myself for Beer Fish Fanatics, we're gonna be doing some giveaways here and there. If you guys can go ahead and tag us here and there with your Kelowna beer. So other than that, enjoy the episode guys. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. This is Grandy with Ma Pop Fishing. We have a kit with the Fishing Kit YouTube channel. And today we have a guest that you might be a little bit familiar if, if, if you listen to our previous episode with Gus. And you know what? We decided, you know, we had one bear. So why not have the, you know, the second part of the, you know, uh, of the team, right? So K Bear, I guess he calls you, but we have Christy Pacista. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do it. And definitely want to give a shot. You know what? Um, beer fish fanatics, we got to drink beer. So I want to definitely give a quick shout out to Kelowna Brewing Company, our sponsor. Uh, I'm going to try this. This is, I was talking to Kit earlier. This is really a lot of alcohol. <laughs> it's called a U. Yeah, it goes UBU. I love it. I'm, I'm going to check this one out. It's an Imperial <laughs> Stout and it is 10.2% alcohol content. So Ooh. I'm going to try. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to, mostly how I feel. After. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll feel good, man. What do you got, Kit? Um, I was looking at that uh, UBU one also, and I saw the alcohol content. I was like, uh, I want to make sure I make it to the end of the uh, the podcast. So I went with the uh, block party from Kelowna Brewing. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. And it's, it's only 5.8. Five minutes? Hey, half a mile. So that means... You got to drink two of those to catch up to me, Kit. All right. <laughs> All right. Christy, what do you got? Well, I have got this. Um, it's I don't even know how to say the name pronounced correctly. I think it's Salsa or Salsa Agua Fuerte. It's spiked sparkling water. Uh, it has tequila and it's pineapple flavor. And let's oh. see. Wait, where is that? There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got... Let's see, what does it have? I think it's like five, yeah, like 5% alcohol. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're going to have a good time today. So cheers, everyone. Ever drink? Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout outs to Jiggin' with Jake, friend of the show. Uh, oh, yeah. The green, the, the logo's green. That's why you can see through it. So it's kind of looking kind of weird. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Um, so everybody's wondering um, if you're in the uh, Iowa area, like I said, you go to Hy-Vee, go grab this beer. If you guys get a chance, to, uh, it's actually a really smooth Imperial style. Um, and I'm not saying that because they're our sponsor. I'm actually saying that truly because uh, I drink an Imperial stouts before and they can be rough. This one's actually, yeah, this one surprisingly is not, not as rough as I thought it was going to be, but, um, yeah, we'll try it out. It's a really good beer. So. He says that now. Let's watch as he continues yeah. <laughs> through the show. Hopefully I can get my sentences together, you know. But just, well, uh, just watch his eyes. They might start getting smaller and smaller. 
<laughs> oh man but again you know what thank you so much christy we had gus on here but you know what enough about gus I, we want to know you i want to get to know you a little bit more um obviously I've checked out your guys's channel. Um, if everybody hasn't seen it, go check out, uh, two bears outdoors on YouTube. It's pretty cool stuff. You kind of, uh, do a lot of vlogs of outdoor stuff that you guys do. Um, but to me, you know, I want to know about you and I know there's a little bit about uh, the background of what you do as a uh, marine mammal trainer. You're gonna have to teach me that. I don't know what the hell that is. So you're gonna have to explain that to me. I'm, I'm obviously not the brightest cat out there. So if you can teach me, um, but tell us a little bit about yourself, about your show, about, you know, about you and, and, and what you're all about. Well, um, again, you know, I'm not really doing much marine mammal training anymore, but I used to do that. Um, and I got my love of the ocean and marine mammals just from my family always would come down to Daytona Beach and vacation there. Uh, my great aunt and uncle had a condo there. So um, I remember when I was young, you know, me and my grandfather and this condo was like way, way up towards the top of this building and uh, had a beautiful balcony on it. And my grandfather and I would go out there every morning, sit out there on the balcony and he would show me, he's like, okay, now watch, you know, you're going to see a big, some pods of dolphins. They're going to come, you know, they're going to swim up the beach in the morning and you'll see them, you know, and then in the evening we'd see them and they'd come back and they were going, you know, to different places to fish and everything and catch their food. And then they'd come back. So I just, you know, always wanted to be a dolphin trainer. And uh, so I decided to you know, find out what did I, what did I need to do to do that? You know, what kind of schooling do you need? And, and, um, the more I researched about it, first I thought I needed to have a marine biology degree, which that is not my thing. Biology. No, you know, I didn't do very well at that in school. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. And then the more I researched and found out that really, you know, you need a behavioral psychology degree to work with the animals now, if you're going to do like the medical and things like that, yes, the biology part. But if you just want to work on and train them, you need the behavioral psychology. So um, because training a dolphin and kind of training a husband is not too different. Wow. <laughs> so, um, wow. You, you and my wife would get along so good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so with behavioral psychology and I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I have to go to Florida to go to college. And of course, back then, you know, out of state tuition was so expensive. And then when I found out I could, I needed behavioral psychology, I'm like, well, I can go right here at home, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, you know, and I can do that here. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, and, you know, I, while I was in college, I uh, uh, did some, I did an internship. Um, and also did a lot of volunteering down in the Keys at the Dolphin Research Center anytime, like on spring break or, you know, a week or two or here. And then I did that um, a week long internship. I'm sorry, a month long internship down there as well. So I was quickly learning that, yeah, you need you can have a, a degree, but you need the experience. And I think there's a lot of things out there nowadays, you know, where Back then, people were all, you know, all the parents and everything pushing you, go to college, go to college. Well, yes, college is great. And that's a, a degree. Nobody can ever take that away from you. But I learned that 
you really need the experience because you can have all the book smarts in the world, but if you can't actually train an animal, you're no good to them. So that's why, you know, I did that volunteering and all of that. So, um, and I trained dolphins and California sea lions and harbor seals and gray seals and dealt with some little otters at one point and just a lot of different things. And so that, you know, me and my love of animals, and that's kind of one of the ways that me and Gus ended up coming together at, at one point. But um, that's, that's where I got into dealing with the animals and things. And then, of course, I ended up with a big bear. <laughs> <laughs> a land mammal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's definitely one of a kind. <laughs> right. So when, when, you're, when you're talking about training these marine mammals, so what are you, what are you training them to do? Like just backflips out of the water, like, hey, go get this thing. You, you're training up what you're doing. And, and one thing that a lot of people would always say to me, they'd come up and be like, oh, well, make it do this and, and make the dolphin do this, make it do that. I'm like, okay, first off, that's about a 300 to a 500 pound mammal. There is no way that I can make this animal do anything that it doesn't want to do. So um, that's where the training comes in. What you do is you're capturing the behaviors that they already do. And then you can add to that. But a lot of times people say, well, make it do a trick. I'm like, well, it's not a trick. A trick is like a magician, you know, <laughs> oh, you think you're seeing something, but you're not or whatever. No, these are behaviors that these animals are very capable of doing and you just train you you capture that behavior so you might see you know the dolphin decides to just all of a sudden do like a tail walk because they do that in the wild you know they will come up and you know where they kind of on their tail and they kind of go backwards and they're, they're the majority of their bodies out of the water um that's a behavior that they do naturally and so what you do is when you see it do that you can capture it and like give it, give it a reward right then. And that's one way to capture it. Or if you want to train that behavior, then you have to do what they call successive approximation. And that's where you train the dolphin to target. So they like touch their, their nose or their rostrum to like a ball on the end of a stick. You train them to do that. And then you train them, okay, when I put the stick up here, you come up and you touch it. And you go a little further and a little further. And then at some point you start moving that stick and getting them to follow it. So there's a couple different ways that you can either, you can capture that behavior or you can actually train that behavior, but you're still just, they have to be willing to participate. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's a lot. You, and sometimes they can outsmart you. <laughs> so no, but uh, you know what? Um, and I never heard anyone explain it like the way you did uh, of how important psychology really is, but it makes complete sense because you're trying to understand the animal and to have experience and to have knowledge of the, the psych, you know, psychology of the animal, of a human, of how we all think as, uh -huh. as, as creatures. So I never realized, but it, it makes sense. If you're trying to train, you know, an animal or any species, anything to do a specific thing you have to understand where they're coming from so that right. that really makes sense so um no I, I didn't even understand I mean I, I guess you can see yeah I never thought of it or looked at it in that sense so that's pretty cool yeah but, yeah no I'm nope. just curious does does that help you um understand fish by chance like because because when you go fishing 
because now you're you know you got you kind of got that psychology of understanding fish and animals and creatures a little bit does that help you understanding the fish and when you go fishing at all it can it can because if you and i'm sure a lot of fishermen out there they kind of they kind of do this and not even think about it being psychology but you know they're thinking about okay the fish they go i've learned that they go here at this time at this time i can find these certain fish in this body of water or in this area but then in other times they're nowhere to be found you know and so you're like okay well wait well why are they going here at this time and then you realize okay well maybe there's a lot of shrimp coming through this area at this time or you know certain things that they like to prey on so you're you're kind of getting into the the mind of the fish, so to speak, to try to figure out where they're going to be. So you know where to go to try to catch them. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> hey, Kit, you're a fish psychologist, man. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I'm just, hey, it actually makes sense. You're right. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to think what, where, the, where would you be if you're the fish? Cause you're trying to catch them. Right. Right. And then, right. And then you're also trying to think, okay, what is he going to eat or she, or, you know, what, what are they going to eat? So you got to, you, you're putting yourself in their, their sight. Holy crap. See, we're all, freaking, we're all fish psychologists, man. It's awesome. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as calling myself a fish psychologist, more like I'm out there enough times. I just happen to run into fish <laughs> is what I think. But after a while, it, and it can go the other way around, you start kind of learning, okay, well, the fish are here and then the fish can kind of train you. <laughs> Right. because you're you're like okay well i know the fish are going to be here and i want to go to the fish so i'm going to go there you know so it goes both ways because actually you know you can train just about anything you can train a cockroach i mean anything what? you can train you can you can train them you can train i don't know if you've ever y'all have ever seen any youtube videos or anything of like there's uh, people that have trained octopus you could train just about anything. Yes. And I even saw where somebody trained an octopus, like I was telling you to target train where you have like the ball on the stick or whatever, and you train them to touch it or whatever. I saw where I forget what facility it was, but they trained it to do that. Wow. And they even at the theater of the sea down in the keys, another place that I used to work a long time ago, um, about, I think it maybe about three or four years ago, they actually started working with their alligators hmm. and their crocs. And um, even though a lot of people say that, you know, they're, that you can't train them. Now, uh, you're, you know, they're still going to think the way they think, but you can train them to target. You can train them. They taught one of their alligators to paint. They taught her how to hold the brush in her mouth. And they taught her how to paint with it. So it's it's amazing. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to lie. I, I wouldn't be that close. <laughs> uh, like I was telling Gus, man, there's, uh, yeah, you, you're not going to find me. Uh, you know, I, I know my limits and I know what <laughs> what I'm capable yeah, of. That's, yeah. that's what I always said. And he got he's gotten me, I, of course, being on, you know, sat on a, a few alligators. Of course, their mouth was taped. But, you know, you have my husband and he's like, oh, no, you know, I want you to do and go swimming with me in the water with Alec. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> well, he was trying to convince us to do that same thing. But if, if he can't convince you, there's no way he's going <laughs> to convince us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
like I said, if their mouth is taped, I'm okay. But then again, I learned, I don't know if y'all had seen the video or anything of when he proposed to me and he got, I was sitting on the back of an alligator when he actually proposed to me. And, and of course the, it's, it's, it's mouth was taped and everything, but there was a little pool right behind, not even five feet behind me where I was sitting on the gator that had a bunch of other alligators that were not taped. And I'm mm. thinking, okay, if this gator throws me off, I'm going to land right in this pool and I'm gone, you know? And oh, Gus is like, no, 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 you know? And when I went to sit down, because I didn't even know that any of this was going to happen, of, of course. And when I, every, and I remember him telling me, and they were telling me, you know, when you get ready to sit on an alligator, you better commit and sit. Because if you kind of, oh, wait, you know, I got to move. They're going to kind of buck and move. And boy, when they hit you with that tail, which has the, you know, the ridges in the, in the, their back and in the tail, those are scoots. Those are bones and they hurt like heck. <laughs> and I found that the hard way because I went to sit down and I'm like, Oh no, wait. And when I started to move back up just a little bit, that gator thrashed his tail and it wrapped all the way. It wrapped around my calf, I had bruises dot, 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 all the way around my calf for like three weeks after that. I'm like, wow, what a way to come out of your proposal with bruises all over your leg. <laughs> did, uh, did, it make you, did, it, did it make you second guess saying yes? Like, uh, do I want to get into this or what? <laughs> well, at that point, I didn't, I didn't hardly have a choice for anything because I'm sitting on this alligator and I'm holding the mouth, which the mouth is taped, but I'm still holding it. Like I said, even though their mouth is taped, that can still hurt you really bad with that tail and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to get thrown off of here. And Gus is talking, you know, and he's like, he's like, okay, now you remember when you first saw me wrestle? Because where he proposed to me was the place that I saw him wrestle alligators for the very first time, like back, this was in 2000, I think 13, when he proposed to me, the first time I ever saw him wrestle was back in 1999, 2000. So, you know, he's like, you remember when you came to see me and I was wrestling? Well, we're going to recreate that. And he starts to cut, he's acts like he's going to cut the tape off the alligator's mouth. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. And at this point, I still have no clue what's about to happen. And of course, my husband is just like me. We're both long-winded. So he starts talking, you know, and then at some point I figure out, uh-oh, wait a minute. He's getting ready to ask me to marry him. And you know how most women, when they're like, oh, oh, well, I couldn't do that. I'm holding <laughs> an alligator. I couldn't let go. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was quite interesting. But, um, but no, I mean, I didn't second guess it at all. He had, he had proved himself over and over again. Cause we dated, you know, we were, we dated for like two years or so. And then we were engaged for a year or so. And that was long distance. Remember, mind you, I was in Tennessee. Mm. So we only got to see each other maybe three or four times a year. Um, but in those times, you know, he really proved himself over and over to me. So I'm like, okay. Okay, but, but 
it did go through my mind. Okay, this is what my life is going to be living on alligators. <laughs> and so, um, because he was always wanting to get a picture, you know, he wanted the photo op. So that's mm-hmm. why when he, and, and again, this was in front of a bunch of people. This was in front of a show. They were doing an alligator handling show. Oh. And so all the guys there knew, you know, what was happening. And Gus had set up a couple of cameras, or whatever. And I was used to him. He was always getting the shot. You know, he's always in my face with a GoPro, a video camera. I, I learned to lock the door behind me when I went to the bathroom because that's how much he was always in your face. And <laughs> so at this point, nothing was new to me. You know, I'm like, okay, he wants another photo op. He wants a video. Okay, I'll go sit on the gator, you know? Yeah. So, so at first I'm just like, okay, fine, you know, and then, but it, it kind of changed rather quickly and, <laughs> and um, it was a very unique proposal. I can tell you that I never saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I was about to say that's probably one of the coolest proposal stories I've ever heard. Um, Grandy, I don't know if yours, your proposal was that exciting. No, oh no, not even close, man. It, this is the thing, man. As men, when we when you expect because you watch a lot of movies and a lot of shows and YouTube and all that stuff, how people propose, right? Trust me, I, I had the same vision shit didn't work right on mine i'll tell you this right now (laughs) my wife can tell you kit and it was it's it's a story for another day it it, (laughs) i'm telling you right now it's one of those things that didn't work it wasn't like that though i I guarantee it wasn't i would never put huey on top of a a alligator but that is pretty badass though i i gotta admit a little bit i'm a little jealous about that that's a pretty cool story it is pretty cool and i you know even though i was i was I get so, I and I still do sometimes, I would get so aggravated with him being in my face with a camera, but he captures all those moments. And now we can actually look back at that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. have it. And of course, thousands of people can see it too, but, you know, but it, it's cool that we have that to look back at. So, so yeah, even though sometimes I still, I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> and especially even now, you know because we're always trying to get b-roll shots and you know footage for for our videos so Mm -hmm. he's always like i'm like don't video this he's like no but we need the shot (laughs) (laughs) kid knows right see you you always need a shot you you just keep recording right kid yeah Yeah. always always record then you don't miss anything yeah exactly exactly so how long have you guys been doing the youtube thing oh gosh um I think three years. Three years. I think three years so far. Yeah. yeah. Was there always a plan to do it, or was was it just kind of oh no. you know what let's just do it? No, um, you know we just we always videoed stuff anyway, and then you know we we thought you know what and and some of the videos that we started doing we just did them to help other people out, you know like the reviews and things like the reviews on Cast King that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had no, you know, no plan or anything like that. We're just like, Hey, we found something that's an awesome product. It, and we are so hard on everything. I mean, we don't always rinse our gear. You know, we just don't do everything that we should. Like some of the people that they wash every little piece and they do this and that. No, we're just like, we're tired. Throw it in the corner and you know, we're done. So, um, so when we found these, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. 
So when we found the gear, you know, the casking stuff, and we're like, hey, you know, man, we ain't killed this stuff yet. And it's still <laughs> going wrong, you know. So we just did some videos, you know, and then at some point, you know, casking reached out to Gus and they're like, hey, you know, would y'all want to be ambassadors? And we're like, yeah, you know, cool. Cause if, if it's something we can stand behind, we're all about it, you know. And we knew that the, that their products were good because we used them and abused them and you know and they were doing so great so we're like yeah let's do it and so we just went from there and then that's when it kind of grew and you know and we just started doing more of our adventures and then just including the casting into the stuff that we do mm -hmm. you know now we're doing more well for the past year because of the covid you know we hadn't done a whole lot of anything i mean i don't know how it was up where you all were but i mean they closed our boat ramps for months and why did you close the boat ramps that's the one place where people can go <laughs> and get away from everybody but yet they closed them so you know there was quite a while where we couldn't get out and really do and they didn't even there was certain even areas in the everglades you know that we would go fishing and they were they even closed that they didn't even want you out there standing on the bank fishing and i'm like okay there's nobody around for miles but okay <laughs> we yeah you know what um i think we got lucky in that sense because i know like illinois like chicago illinois they 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 shut down and we, iowa we really did get lucky they didn't shut the lakes down they didn't i mean there was no camping they didn't allow camping obviously in, in, last year in 2020 but yeah we were super lucky they didn't shut any of the lakes down you can go fishing they didn't shut down the boat ramps or anything luckily um but yeah there's states around us that did get locked down and it's like like you were just saying it's just like dude we're outside and we're yeah. you know you're i'm alone outside fishing i mean i don't think i'm gonna pass covid to myself i'm just saying you know in a sense and even if i did have it i'm passing it to myself it is and, and i totally i totally get that and no yeah I, I didn't know it was uh completely locked down over there for how long yeah. did they sh shut that down for you guys so you guys couldn't fish for how long was that oh gosh it was probably for i don't know completely shut down for maybe four months wow and then they started they started reopening the boat ramps but at a very very small capacity so like we have a we have a boat ramp just a couple of miles from our house that um they've got gosh what one two three four five six probably six or eight lanes to where you can back in mm -hmm. and they were they were only allowing instead of using both lanes on one side of the dock they only one so it was down to like three to four lanes so it would get backed up and of course when they did finally open it a little bit then everybody and their brother was like, we got to go, you know? Yeah. So then the lines were miles and miles long just to try to get in. Well, they've only got a certain amount of parking. So yeah. they've got a decent amount of parking, but when you have that many people, you, I, some people, uh, some of our friends and stuff, they're like, I went and sat in line. They got in line at like probably three, four o'clock in the morning. They sat in line for two hours or more but then when they got up there, close to getting up there, oh, sorry, we're closed. We don't have any more parking. So, yeah, it was very aggravating for a lot of people around here because, you know, 
just everybody inundated the ramps and they've only got a certain capacity. And so once it's, once they're full, they're full and you had to turn around and leave and try to go somewhere else. And we, you know, we went out, maybe tried to go out a couple of times. We're like, you know what? We're not going to sit in this and take a chance of all this time. Cause we've got our two dogs, you know, and it's just dealing with them and in the car. And, and, um, there was one time that we went out, I forget what hot we were trying. It was a holiday. And, um, I think it was July 4th and we sat in line for quite a while, but we got up there and got in just maybe 15 minutes before they shut it down. Hmm. And we were so lucky and because we were going out and just staying out, you know, all weekend on our boat. But that was when that was before we had the cabin, the uh, the walk around with the cabin. That was when I don't know if you've seen any of our videos where we camped out on our little scout <laughs> in the tent cots. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was what that weekend was all about. And um, and it was it was interesting. I mean, we had really pretty weather, but one night there was a storm it came it came close to us but it never hit us thank goodness because Gus he couldn't get comfortable in his tent cot so he slept out in the float we've got one of those big floats that'll hold like four or five people you know and he went out and he slept in the float and it was like three o'clock in the morning and I'm waking up and I'm seeing lightning off and the wind is picking up and I'm like oh no you know so I'm like Gus Gus and he sleeps like a rock trying to get him up. <laughs> Plus, you know, it was like being on a waterbed. And so he was sleeping so good. And uh, it took me like five minutes to finally get him. Like, get your butt out there everywhere. <laughs> so it was it was interesting. But luckily, it, it went all around us and it never hit us. So we did good. But yeah, now we've got our, our walk around and it, I have to say it is much more comfortable. We still have our scout, but we, <laughs> we go out, we go out more in the walk around the scout. I think we're going to use it more for like going over to the Everglades and fishing in the canals, you know, because it's small enough, you know, we can drop it in no problem. And, and, um, and that's great. But then when we go out in the keys, we, you know, we really like to take our walk around because it's, we don't have to. We don't like, like I said, you know, for the past couple of months, the wind has been crazy. I mean, you know, 20, 30 mile an hour winds and you get that just, and, and now granted when we go out, we stay on the bay side. We don't go over to the ocean side hardly ever because it's just always, it's been so rough over there. Mm -hmm. um, but the bay side, man, sometimes when you've got 20, 30 mile an hour winds that it gets kicked up pretty good too. But the good thing about this boat is it, it cuts right through it and it's fine. So like I said, we always take our two dogs and they're little dogs. So, you know, I have to make sure they're not going to get thrown out of the boat. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's like having, it's like having, you know, we haven't, we weren't blessed enough to have children, but we have furry children. So, um, and our little, our little bear, you know, he's great. He, he's learned to sit right there with us, but then we have our little older dog. She's a little Maltese and she's almost, well, she's 17 and she's blind, she's deaf and she's now she's got dementia. So oh, trying wow. to deal with her, but I can't leave her. I can't leave her at home. Hmm. And my mother-in-law just can't, can't handle her, you know, so I have to take her. So it's like having a 
take almost like taking a newborn out on the boat. Makes sense. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> oh, but man. we make it work. You know, we go and we make it work. So. <laughs> At least they're open now, though, right? You guys are, is it pretty much completely open, though, now? Yeah, yeah. Everything's open. Everything Good. is is back to normal. Um, all the all the, the boat ramps are fully functioning. So, um, yeah, we, uh, but the good thing about, because our scout, we keep it here at the house. But um, our walk around, we, when we got it, we went ahead and, and got it and, you know, got enough money to be able to pay for a year to have it it's we keep it in key largo at a marina there but it's 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 kept on the trailer but the good thing about it is that when we go we just go put all our crap on it and then hop on the boat and then they grab it with the tractor and just pull us pull our trailer drop us in the water and then they go put our trailer back for us so that has been fabulous you know we don't even have to worry about launching and, and everything you know they all Gus has to do is drive it off the trailer and drive it on the trailer so we're we're like spoiled at this point with that we're just loving it I mean it costs you a pretty penny to be able to do that but it's <laughs> so worth it to not have to pull the boat all the way down there like I said it's not far but it's about 40 minutes you know yeah. and yeah. Um, that way we don't even have to deal with it so um so yeah we're we're definitely enjoying it and we just want to, we're what we're really looking forward to the, the water and the wind dying down to where we can actually get out on the ocean side more because we've been wanting to do more fishing over there, you know, go because we've only gone, we just go out about as far as the reef. Um, but one time we went out because we wanted to try some um, um, slow pitch jigging. We wanted to try to do some of that. And uh, so we went just a little bit past the reef into about maybe 300 feet of water. And um, it just wasn't, we just weren't getting a lot of bites. We couldn't really find the fish that day. So we're really wanting to go back out and really try that. But, you know, when you've got three and four foot seas, it's just not fun, you know, because our, our boat is a V-hole. So you're rocking and rolling with that. So um, so we're looking forward to the, the weather kind of calming down a little bit. And so we can get out there and do some more fishing out there. We do quite a bit of fishing in the bay, you know, and stuff. But we want to we want to get out. Gus has been dying to catch some tuna. And, you know, we're wanting to catch some more some hogfish and just some things that we we haven't. We've never caught tuna and we've just caught just a handful of hogfish. And when we caught them, it, it wasn't season so we couldn't <laughs> so oh, so uh -huh. we're looking forward to being able to catch those in season being able to keep them <laughs> gotcha man thank you for joining us at uh beer fish fanatics and this episode is actually brought to you by whisker seeker tackle so make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear enjoy the episode guys sorry we don't have tuna in iowa unless you're shipping it in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we want to. Trust me. I mean, we, we talked to Gus. We're like, yeah, I wish we could fish for tuna. And we, we had a bunch. Of, we had Nick from, you know, in Hawaii. We're like, yeah, must be nice. They catch a 200 pound oh, yeah. mahi. I was just like, gosh, yeah. if only. Yeah. We, we know we're very blessed to have a plethora 
of all different kinds of fish just literally right at our fingertips we just got to be able to get out there and get to them to catch them so um so we're working on it we're working on it we're like i said we've been we've been dealing with our our stone we this is the first season that we've done uh got we got some stone crab traps and we've never done that before so that was that's been interesting um and then you know we've just got this actually this weekend we got to pull them because season is up may the first but we haven't done real well with that but of course you know when you start doing it you got to learn where to go and all that so um so we're hoping maybe this last pull when we pull them maybe we'll have you know at least three or four you know claws that we can keep last weekend or last time when we pulled them to check them he went to pull this one trap and it had it had two stone crabs in it and one of them was massive and i'm like oh those are keeper claws i can tell it was a, it was an egg bearing female and you oh. can't take her claws if she's egg bearing i'm like oh no <laughs> so I, I cried as we tossed her back into the ocean and then um the other one he had one keeper claw so we came home and i boiled that one claw <laughs> and we we cracked it open and we each had two little tiny bites and oh, those little bites were so good. <laughs> so I'm hoping maybe next season we'll do better, <laughs> but it's been fun kind of learning how to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, those claws are pretty expensive. Like, uh, I mean, especially like if we up here were to, to like, if some place was to order stone crab claws, it's like, crazy expensive yeah is, yeah is there, can, is yeah. there any yeah, way they're even pretty expensive down here too but i can imagine there yeah do they even offer here kit i don't even um is there they, they there might be like a couple places that offer it here but yeah if they do uh, you're paying a pretty penny for it in other words market price yeah <laughs> that's, that's what it's gonna say that's that's what that's what it costs market price yeah 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 that's why we were like Man, because we've got we've got some friends and family down in the Keys, and they're always posting, you know, on their Snapchat and stuff. Oh, we went and pulled our pots today, and now oh, they've got all these claws, and we're like, we got to do that. So, like I said, you know, a few months ago, we ordered because you can order like the kit, which is from a place down in the Keys, and it comes with everything you need except for the concrete that you have to put in the bottom of them, and. So we got them, I built them, put them together. We put the concrete in them and everything and, you know, got our, our crab, our stone crab license and all that. And we were just so excited. And um, the first few times that we pulled them, we had a bunch of blue crabs, which, you know, you can keep those because those are in season all the time mm -hmm. and there's not really a limit on those. So, um, but we, that's all we wanted. You know, so we threw those back, but now I'm wishing we'd have kept them. Because then later on, you know, we caught a couple of blue crab, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to cook them anyway. And because, you know, blue crabs, they're good. They're just, it's yeah. a little more work, you know, to get to the meat. And so, um, so I'm like, okay, so we're going to, I told Gus, I said, well, if we're going to be able to crab all year long, then we need to get some blue crab traps. And that way, you know, we can, and those are a lot lighter, you know, they're just like that wire mesh like stuff. So they don't weigh as much because the stone crab traps, they're like 25, 30 pounds a piece. 
They're wow. heavy. And so, you know, the others are just the mesh and stuff. So they don't weigh nothing. So I'm like, yeah, we need to get some of those. And that way, at least we can be catching some blue crab because there's tons of blue crab around there. Hmm. Tons of them. Because there's a lot of, a lot of bottom that's grassy. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that the blue crab tend to hang out in grassy bottom. And so that's originally, that's where we were dropping our traps. And that's why we were catching all these flipping blue crabs because of where we were dropping them. And then we started dropping in just like sandy, flat, sandy area with like maybe some rock or something like that. Of course, you know, that's where stone crab gets its name because they like to hide in between the rocks. So Mm. they like sandy bottom and stuff. So when we put a couple of traps out deeper in about maybe 10 foot of water, and it was like sandy, and that's where we've started catching those. So now we know, you know, okay, those, that's where we're going to drop them. And then the blue crabs, we can just drop those up where we've been dropping them. We'll catch those hmm. like crazy. So <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys have Dungeness crabs there or no? No, that- we don't have those down here. Okay. I'm just because I'm a huge fan of because I, yeah. I used to live in California in the Bay Area. I used to live in in, in San Francisco and stuff. And yeah, when they go crab, Dungeness crabs, oh gosh, yeah. so yeah. good. Yeah. No, I was just wondering. I, I wasn't sure if that was like. I guess it's just different different uh, locations of of the U.S. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, we don't have those here. We've just you know, but we've got boy the the blue crabs are very abundant. And then the stone crabs are too, if you know where to find them. So we're still scouting out our spots, so to speak. So we found a couple of spots that we know tend to, you know, you get a few of them there. And then so next season we'll scout out some more and hopefully we'll do a little bit better then. <laughs> what, what are the, the, the open date seasons for them? For well, I, don't, I think they, I think the season opens around around october okay and then i know it ends um may 1st and then um of course like i said blue crab there's not a season for them they're all year long there's just a couple of weeks um and it depends on what part of florida you're in as to what those two weeks are um those two weeks you're not allowed to um try to catch any blue crabs or anything because i guess during those two weeks they are going around fwc and everything they go around and they're trying to find derelict traps and so they're going out and they're and they're any traps that have been like lost you know or whatever they pull them and just Mm -hmm. to get them out of the ocean and you know because you get you have a derelict trap and then i mean it's it's regulation that you have to have that chew out there's a chew out piece just a piece of wood that is you know biodegradable of course so if you if that trap gets lost and you get stuff in there well they can they can chew that out or over time you know it'll just Mm. go it'll biodegrade and that way they'll be able to get out if not that trap just keeps on killing and killing and killing so Mm. um so they have those two weeks to where they can go out and any any blue crab traps or whatever because i guess those tend to sometimes get lost easier because they're so light um Mm -hmm. and so they tend to get lost easier so they go out and they any any ones that they find that don't have like buoys on them or whatever because if it's got a buoy stuck to it you know then you know it's somebody's 
but during those two weeks, there shouldn't be any out there. So any ones they find, they're going to pull them. So, but yeah, the rest, rest of the year, you can catch blue crabs all you want. So we're, mm. we're going to try to do that. And then we've also want to try to do some lobstering. We've never done that either. So mm. now that we've got our bigger boat and, you know, we really want to try to try our hand at that. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, cause you have to, you can't hear, you know, you can't, catch them in traps you have to go and just catch them by hand or catch them with the little the lobster kit or whatever okay. that's the only way you're allowed to recreationally that's the only way you're allowed to catch them so um so i i'm interested to see if we can if we can do that because you know you gotta you gotta be able to to get down there and then usually they're under ledges and things like that so um and i told gus i would love to get some more scuba gear because i'm scuba certified i hadn't been in years but i'm certified but he's not but i told him i wanted him to get certified because it is so much easier when you're looking for those things if you're down there floating around <laughs> rather than you're trying to swim down you know and then if you've kind of got a little extra padding like both me and Gus do you're going to bob back up to the top like a cork so <laughs> you use all your air just trying to get down there to them and then you scare them away so <laughs> oh. so that'll be a video all in itself of us trying to lobster <laughs> lobster all right kid we got it i i i love lobster so <laughs> my wife loved lobster I might have to actually I I think uh we're gonna try to do a quick trip to Florida. I think my I'm looking to do my take my family maybe at the end of the summer or something. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, y'all need to come down. We'd love to take y'all out on the boat. I mean, See? that's what yeah. we do all the time. We love we love taking people out. I have a lot of um a lot of business colleagues back in Tennessee because after I got out of marine mammal training, I was in the hospitality industry. Um, and I was in it in college, but, you know, I worked for a sales and marketing director for a hotel for 11 years. And then I worked for the Titanic Museum as a sales manager for like four years. So um, I have a lot of, of business colleagues that I'm still in touch with. And anytime they come down, you know, I'm like, hey, let me know, you know, and we're always, always, anytime some of them come down, we're always taking them out on the boat. So I, but I always warn them. We are hardcore. When we go out, we're out all day long. Uh -oh. So make sure you got plenty of snacks, plenty of drink, whatever you need, whatever you want, bring it with you. And cause when we go, we hang out on the water all day. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll have to talk to the wife in that. Cause I mean, we got four daughters that are eight and under. So oh, <laughs> that'll, that'll be, in, that'll be interesting. <laughs> that'd be fun though we have we have a massive float that will hold eight people so Ooh. we can accommodate <laughs> <laughs> love it love it <laughs> they would love it <laughs> yeah that's kind of my style too like when i go fishing I'm, I'm trying to go all day i'm not trying to go out for two three you know one or two hours unless it's during the week of course because i gotta work but if it's the right. weekend I'm, I'm trying to spend the whole day out there oh yeah yeah you gotta make the most and Plus, if you're going to get your stuff together and you're going to travel wherever you're going to, and if you got to look, put your boat in, whatever, you know, you want to spend as much time on the water as you can. And so that's what we always try to do. Sometimes we're running a little late getting out of the house, but it seems like <laughs> it takes us forever to get all our crap together. 
but we're getting better at it. <laughs> so, so what's your uh, fa- favorite species, Christy? <laughs> what's your favorite species to fish for? Oh gosh. At least yeah. top three. You don't have to name with number one, like uh, top three. Well, I mean, I just see me. I mean, well, now I love fishing for peacock bass. Okay. Those are so fun to fish for. And you know, there's not a whole lot of places you can go to find those. You know, Mm. we're lucky to have those here in South Florida. And so, um, but just the way that they fight is so different. And I had never fished for peacock bass until, you know, me and Gus were married and, and he was like, he's explained, I'm like, well, what's a peacock bass? You know, I'm thinking of just a regular largemouth bass or whatever. He's like, oh, no, no, you know, you got their beautiful fish and this and that. And then he's like, okay, but now when you fish for them, you know, they, they fight differently, you know, and the way, the way they, the way they take the bait is different than the way like a largemouth bass would. And so I'm like, okay, okay. So, uh, you know, we went out and we were in our kayak and our, our tandem kayak. And, and I'm like, it's, it's just amazing how differently they they take the bait and how differently they fight and again you know there's just a beautiful fish to see you know so I love those and then of course I love fishing for anything in the ocean because it's just it's always a crapshoot you never know what you're going to get you never Mm. know what you're going to pull up of course for some reason I tend to catch puffer fish (laughs) I, I don't I'm not fishing for them I'm not trying to but I don't know how many times I have pulled up those stinking little puffer fish. They're cute as they me, but it's like, <laughs> I really don't want to eat that, which, you know, you can't eat them. You have to cut, you have to cut a certain way. So you get that little sack that has the, the poison or whatever in it. But okay. they say they taste just like chicken. They All right. say it, expl- explain to our audience because in case they don't know what a pepper fish is. A puffer fish. Pepper? No, puffer. Okay, puffer. you have to explain. Okay. I I don't know. I, you have to explain it to someone like me. You don't know what a puffer fish is. Puffer, I don't. I don't. I'm sure, you probably seen one. You know, when they when you catch them, they start they start swelling up and they 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 blow up. Okay. And that's that's how their their defense mechanism. So when you catch them and then when you grab them and you're trying to take them off the hook, mm-hmm. they inflate like a balloon, okay. and they've got all these little little spines sticking out or whatever. And, oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They they puff so, up. I don't know why I tend to catch them so much. I, you know, I, I'm like, oh yeah, and I get it up. I'm like, oh my gosh, another. I tend to catch the aquarium fish. You know, like the puffer fish, the pretty angel fish, all these things that you really don't want to eat. They're just pretty to put in an aquarium. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, but I, you know, I like I said, hogfish is one that I love to try to catch those. And I've, I've only, so far I've only caught two and they're, you know, it's hard to get them to bite certain things and it's hard to find, you might be able to catch one, but if you're trying to catch them, they're in season and you're trying to catch one, you know, to keep, they got to be a pretty good size to be able to keep them. And so the last time that I caught one, it wasn't in season. And then the time before that, it was a keeper and uh, we weren't sure it was a keeper at the time because we weren't sure of the length. And so I toss it back and 
I'm and I, I'm I'm looking and I'm like, oh man, I could have kept that fish. <laughs> so now we have started. We make sure we have all our little charts with us and everything, because <laughs> I do not want to throw a fish back that I could potentially keep and eat. <laughs> there you go. Especially a hogfish. <laughs> we don't. We don't peacock your- bass. We have the. We have the. I, I don't. I've never obviously caught one we have to go and try and catch a peacock basket oh gosh they are so fun to catch if y'all come down here you need to let gus take you out there's a it's a it's a little lake that's actually it's in it's in a part of miami and there it's was actually it's a little bigger than what you think but um it's full of peacock bass and that is that is the best place to go and catch them. And I mean, they are, that lake is full of them. And some big ones too. I mean, big males has got the big, you know, horn looking thing on their head. And oh, they're just, they're beautiful, but they're so fun to fish for. They really are. I know when, um, when coach uh, Tom Gahan with Cass King, when him and his wife came down, uh, I think it was a couple years ago, and Gus, he, he wanted to go peacock bass fishing. He'd never caught a peacock bass. And Gus took him. And he was just like, oh, this is just the best thing ever. He's like, they're just so fun to fish for them. So, yeah. So, whenever you all come down, Gus will take you to go peacock bass fishing. And I'll take your wife and the girls. And we'll go out and do something fun. <laughs> Deal. So, what's, what's your favorite fish to eat? I mean, you talk about this hogfish quite a bit. Is it the hogfish? Actually, it is. You know, it, it used to be, um, used to be mahi-mahi was one of my, you know, Dorado, dolphin, whatever you want to call it, used to be my, my favorite. But then about three or four years ago, one of my friends, she was from Tennessee. She was living down in the Keys and we met her and her boyfriend at one restaurant. And they, they were, we were talking about what we were going to order. And they're like, oh man, you know, have you ever had, have you had their hogfish? I'm like, I don't even know if I've ever seen a hogfish. And she's like, this is absolutely out of this world. So I'm like, well, I don't know. And Gus is like, I'll order it, you know? So he ordered it. It was absolutely the best tasting fish I have ever had. And ever since then, that's why we've been trying to catch them, but either we're not able to get out on the water and get to where you can really get them, you know, because of the weather, whatever, or the weather's great, but they're not in season. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's really hard for us to be able to get. And, and of course you can catch them like inland, you know, around, around closer to from the reef in at some of the patch reefs where it's not, you know, you're talking maybe 20, 30 feet of water but a lot of times those are not the keepers they're not going to be big enough so you want to go offshore to deeper water and then that's where you'll find the the bigger hogfish the ones that are just really big and definitely a keeper so that's what I'm really wanting to do because ever since we had that I was like that that's my ultimate fish so far uh, there's still uh, a lot of others I haven't tried yet but of the ones that I've tried, that's, that is my ultimate because I'm the type, you know, I don't like fishy fish. <laughs> <laughs> so anything that tastes remotely fishy, no, no, because I, 
you know, I really don't care for fre- for freshwater fish that much because they tend to be more fishy, you know? Yeah. And I remember when I was growing up, you know, my grandfather, we would go, we'd go catch crappie and, you know, and bass and things like that. And of course they'd always, they'd have like a fish fry with, with the crappie and stuff. And I just remember thinking, eh, you know, I like to catch them, but I don't really care to eat them. Oh man, you're <laughs> killing me, Christy. <laughs> I love crappie. Fried crappie is so good. Well, I, I guess if they're, I guess if they're fixed a certain way, you can make them to where they're like less fishy tasting or whatever. So, but when I was little and I haven't had them since I was probably 12. So, you know, my taste has have changed over the years. So if they're fixed really well, I might like them now. <laughs> but boy, back then, no, I was like, no, no, no. I'll catch them and, and you can eat them. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, you're going to hurt. You're going to hurt some people's feelings because crappie's like their favorite fish. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no crappies. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we don't have, I, I don't have the luxury of getting a hogfish or, or getting yeah. tuna or all that. That's I, true. I, we we, yeah. do, that's we true. don't have that luxury. So that's why we got to get whatever we can and what's the best of availability around right. us in a sense. So, yeah, your, your selection is a little more narrow and limited. So, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, we we don't get no saltwater fish here. I mean, unless it's you know you gotta go to a restaurant. That's the only only right. only way we can get one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but we gotta do that. Okay, I am. Um, I'm actually yeah. I'm excited. I want to try that one day. Is go crabbing. Um, that that's one thing because I, I lived in California for like 13 years and I didn't get a chance to, I uh to go crabbing for Dungeness crabs out there and and I hear about it all the time how people went crabbing and stuff so I, I definitely want to try that and it'd be cool and then lobster man you you got my attention now because you know <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to our podcast so I'm gonna have to tell her about this I, and she's gonna be like what crabbing and lobster she's gonna be like I'm all in dude yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's like her favorite. So I mean, that's like yeah, she goes. Uh, yeah. she's gonna be all in for that. So, man, lop, yeah, we gotta do that. Get we gotta, you gotta make a Florida trip. Got to. Yeah. Yep. yep, you gotta come down and like I said, you know, we everything we do, we put a two bears adventure on it. So <laughs> the two bears spin. So um, yeah, we we do things a little different. With some of the things that we do, but we always have a great time. And everybody that comes down so far has has said that they just had a blast we just that you know we we tend to when we're not entertaining people we kind of tend to be hermits because when we're out on the water you know we usually it's just you know we go and find our own little place or whatever but we've had to kind of change that because especially since we got the wrap on our boat you know since we got the wrap our our subscribers have gone up on our YouTube, because when we go to the sandbar, we go out to the island where we go to a lot, you know, there's a lot of people. Well, they see the rat and they're like, well, that's cool. And then they see the name. And then all of a sudden we started getting more subscribers. So I think what it is, you know, they're seeing us. Mm -hmm. And so when we go out, you know, we tend to kind of, we kind of, we'll go up and down a time or two and then we find our spot. And then Gus is even really good. He's better at it than me. You know, he goes out and kind of starts mingling a little bit and, and, you know, and we've got some, some business cars that are like waterproof. So that way when we're out, you know, and he's talking to somebody and he's at, he's got a, he's got this hat 
and it's got like a a little um a little oh what do you call it pocket in the bottom of the top of it so he just keeps the business cards up there so he was talking to somebody last weekend he's like he's like hey yeah let me give you a this card you know and he whips it out and of course they're all stuff. <laughs> so it works out well the waterproof cards and the wrap and it really gets our name out there <laughs> that is so cool man. that's pretty cool <laughs> maybe i should put my uh my name on my uh kayak then people will see me like, hey, hey that guy up. exactly that's, that's a bad act dude you that's know, a bad people, people are nosy you know <laughs> they see it and they're like i wonder what that is and they'll make a mental note or they'll write it down and then they'll go back home and they'll look it up you so mm, that's a good idea put fishing kit and then you know what get a flag <laughs> get a flag that's, that's the, and that's the one thing Dude. we've got it gus has designed it we just haven't bought it ordered it you know and bought it yet but that's another thing we want to do is get because a lot of the youtubers down here that are go out on the sandbars they mm -hmm. have a flag with their youtube on it and everything and i'm telling you it works it See, really kit. works all right that's <laughs> it man when's your birthday kit i'll I'll, I'll I'll talk to you i'll see you and get you a flag for your kayak man okay yeah yeah all right and you it's have to it. use it. Yeah, you got to use it. You can't take it and then not use it, all right? You got to use right. it. I'll use it. I need, a, I need a flag for my kayak anyways. So for, for visibility. See? Yeah. There right. you go. See? Dual purpose. Love it. So awesome. Uh, so my, my last question that for me I want to ask. Okay. So we had Gus on here. And he told us, you guys have a room full. I, I'm not the biggest snake guy. I am a very scared individual when it comes to snake. How, I'm just curious, how do you feel about that? You guys have a room of snakes. I, I told my wife about that. She goes, what? I go, yes, he has a full room of snakes. So to me, I'm like, ah, I can't do that. How does that make you feel? I'm just curious. I just want to know. Well, it, when... When I first started, when Gus and I started dating, you know, he had a few different snakes that he kept in his office at work and stuff. And, and back then, he actually, they actually had a few venomous snakes. So I just regular like pythons, boas, things like that. I'm, I'm not too bad with them. You know, still, we've got a few that are a little bit snitty and I kind of try to stay away from them. But, um, but for the most part, you know, I've learned from living in Tennessee that, you know, like the, the black snakes and things like that, they're actually a really good help, especially around the farm and stuff like that. You know, they kill things that you really don't want around. And, mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of let them be and, you know, but, um, and like I said, you know, they had a few venomous snakes that he had for a while. Um, now those I don't want to have any part of. And of course we don't have any venomous here because, you know, you have to have your room has to be a certain way because you got to make sure that they cannot get out of that room because it's a, such a liability. So, um, and now our room that we have, you know, we've got, I've got something under, you know, that's the thing that goes on the bottom of the door so they can't get out that way. Because we have had a few escapees at one time, but they were small. They weren't big, you know, or anything. Um, and it's funny because one time we had one get out and uh, it wasn't a real big snake. It was at that point, she was probably only about, 
I don't know, maybe a foot and a half long and maybe just a little bit bigger than your finger. You know, she was small, um, but she, I came in here and I had, I had looked everywhere for her and I'm like, I don't know where she's at. There's no telling if she got up in the duct work, you know, she'll get stuck. And so I just couldn't find her. And I was in the closet and I was going through some of Gus's clothes and there was like a stack of like pants and jeans and I'm pulling them and, and there she was curled up and right on top of, in the middle, in the middle of that. I mean, it was a stack, you know, a big stack of jeans and stuff. And she had wiggled her way into that stack and she was all nice and cozy. <laughs> so did you um, scream? Cause I would have screamed. No, I mean, I'm I, not going to lie, man. I would have screamed. <laughs> it startled me because I just didn't expect to find her there. You know, all these other places I looked and she was in here in the bedroom, which is the room down the hall. And she had made her way in here and she chose to go in the closet. So, um, but the others, you know, we've had a few others escape, but they, they were contained in the room, in the snake room. So, um, as we used to, um, we used to have upwards of 80 something different snakes because we were doing some breeding and things like that, but we've just gotten so busy with, you know, fishing and the boat and everything else that we're kind of, we're thinning out the herd at this point because it's, it's a lot of work. And it's expensive to feed them all. And we're just not into it like we were. Mm. So I think now we've probably still got maybe 30 snakes. And then we've also got, um, we've got a tarantula. And then we've also got some geckos. Because at one point we were breeding some leopard geckos as well. So I've still got probably about, I don't know, about 10 leopard geckos and three crested geckos. And then we've got a a german giant bearded dragon he's in the living room in a big thing so uh, yeah we we have animals all over the place and then we've got also in the living room we have two guinea pigs and then we have two bird cages and two different birds we've got a, a blue crown conure and then a, a quaker parrot and both of those were rescues uh, gus found both of them, they had fallen. He found them within like a few weeks of each other. Uh, first, the Quaker parrot, she had fallen out of the nest and there was no way to put her back in. And even if he did, the parents probably wouldn't, you know, mess with her anymore. So he brought her home. And, you know, Quaker parrots are all over Florida. They fly all over the place. So he brought her home and we got her cage and everything, you know, and I mean, she was still such a baby. We had to hand feed her for quite a while. And um, so now, you know, then about three weeks later or so, Gus calls me and he's like, well, I found another parrot. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, but this was not a Quaker parrot. I think it's a Conure. And so I'm like, well, bring it home, you know, and it's same thing. She'd fallen out of the nest because she was walk, you know, trying to move around and stuff. And um, and so he brought her home. Same thing, had to hand feed her. And now they both, they're they're both they're beautiful birds, but they won't shut up. <laughs> they they learn to talk. And so one of them, the the Quaker, her name is Tiki, and then the Blue Crown, um, her name is Coco. And the thing is, 
I looked up blue crown conyers. Those birds cost about $2,000 if you go and buy them from somebody. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but like I said, they both talk. And I, you know, they say, because I'm always saying, you know, hi, Tiki. Hi, Coco. Well, that's what you hear all the time. Hi, Coco. And, <laughs> and it's funny because they mimic me. You know, because I'll be like, hi, Coco. And they do the same thing. And then I <laughs> said that about a week or two ago, I started, I started saying, I'm going to teach them something. I'm going to teach them something new. So I'm like, peekaboo. And within two days, Tiki was saying peekaboo. And mm. now I, Coco's starting to say it. So, and it's, it, they're just, they're hilarious, but they don't shut up. So if, again, that's why I'm in the bedroom right now, because the more you talk, then the more they talk. And so you all would have been hearing, hi, Coco, hi, Tiki, you know. <laughs> Peekaboo, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. The strays tend to find us. And then Bear, our our dog, um, he's a, he, he is a rescue as well. And Gus found him at work. He got a call from the casino, the Seminole Casino. And they're like, hey, this little dog, somebody evidently has dumped it out. Um, it won't leave out of the parking lot. You know, can you come get it? So he went. And at this point, you know, Bear was just, he was just little. We didn't, see, we, we didn't even know what he was. We knew he looked like some kind of terrier, but we weren't sure exactly what or what's mixed in there or whatever, you know. And so he goes and he's like, he, he finds this cute little dog. Of course, Bear was very vicious at the time. You know, he would growl and, and uh, Gus, he, he had to, he couldn't take him to the rescue center at that point because he had other places he had to go patrolling. So he just had, took him with him all day long Keep and Bear just got real comfortable with him, you know? So he, he calls me and he's, he's like, Hey, he said, I found this little dog and, he said at first because we thought that my mother-in-law might want him because it hadn't been that long since my father-in-law had passed away and she just she was so busy for years and years taking care of my father-in-law that we thought well you know she didn't really have anything to do after that she didn't know what to do with herself and she loves dogs and so he said well I think I, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna bring him home and see if mom wants him and I'm like okay now granted this was on a holiday weekend a long holiday weekend like <laughs> Labor Day weekend and I told him, I said, okay. I said, now, what are we going to do if your mom don't want him? Well, you know, I can, I, I can take him to the rescue center, but I can't take him back until, you know, Tuesday. He was going to be off for three or four days, you know. I'm like, oh, boy, you know. Okay, so he brings him home. And, of course, his mom's like, oh, he's so cute. But, yeah, I just can't do it. I, I just, it's, he's a puppy, and I just don't have the energy. I'm like, great. Now we got to deal with this little puppy in addition to my Maltese. And at the time, you know, my Maltese, she still could hear. She still had, you know, um, her vision and she, she didn't oh have at that point. So, you know, because we had talked about getting her a friend, but we're like, well, we don't know because she's used to being it, you know, and we don't want to stress her out. So Gus is like, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just take him back you know, when I go back to work. So brought him home and he took, he was real good with Gaia. You know, he would, he would try to play with everything. We'd be like, no, be gentle. You know, and he, he learned really quickly 
And within a few days, he won us over. And so we ended up keeping it. And um, and he's just been, a, a, we've had him for three years now, almost three years. And he's just a fabulous little dog. We couldn't have asked for a more perfect dog. Like I said, we still don't know exactly what he is, but we think he's like a Cairn Terrier. Hmm. Uh, but he's the perfect size, but he's like a hardy little dog. So he can like keep up with us, you know, and we could take him on the boat and he just, he just loves it. So, um, so just, he's definitely, definitely a cool little dog, but it's just amazing, you know, because we, we couldn't have had it, found a better dog to even have around our older dog, mm-hmm. you know, and now with her being blind and deaf and, and, and with dementia and he's learned, you know, he, he's learned now to not bother her, you know, and it's so funny because if she starts walking towards him, cause again, she can't see him, you know, She's walking towards him and she touches him. He's like, oh, oh, and he runs off because he doesn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> it's it's crazy just how it works out. Don't honestly, it's just crazy how it works out. You guys didn't expect that. So that was that was, you know what? That's pretty cool of you guys to uh to take that, you know, the dog in. And you know what? Who who would have thought? Now you guys it's it's your little one. You guys love perfect, him, you know. Perfect perfect little boat dog exactly and, you know when, when we were talking about what to name him and i'm like name him bear because <laughs> when, he was, when he was little when he was little now he's like blonde yeah. but when he was little he was like that brown and black you know and he looked almost like a little teddy bear in a way you know and i'm like well what better name than bear you know so um so it's only fitting sim <laughs> only fitting on that so yeah (laughs) but other than that man this is um this has been fun i i really enjoy hearing stories and hearing uh a lot of the different because we don't get that up up here in you know middle iowa obviously so it's kind of cool to kind of hear you guys story and everything on that uh kit you got anything else for chrissy i mean this has been fun man just hearing the stories just learning a little bit about mammals in general because i because obviously i don't know shit especially like you know the types of fish like hello you, you guys all looked at me like hello idiot you don't know that puffer you don't know that puffer fish sorry guys i know i did but uh-huh. you, you got yeah, like you never heard of a puffer fish well, well when, you, when she explained it now i know because i was like yes now i know what you're talking. i didn't know that's what they were called puffer fish my bad sorry <laughs> hopefully i'm not the only idiot that didn't know uh, that you, you might be the only guy great thanks man <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I guess all, all i gotta say is uh like I'm, I'm glad you came on like you you i was like how is she gonna top her husband with the stories and the and like the background and like you just knocked it out of the park like you guys you know everything about you too like the story that you have to tell like between like how you guys met the animals that you interact with all these adventures you go on it's like uh you guys are the most interesting couple (laughs) I, i i agree the most interesting couple i've ever heard or met i agree with you on that man there's a word for it unique <laughs> unique Duh. Duh. <laughs> love it love it uh anything else for them uh anything else for her kit uh yeah if our audience wants to reach out to you guys you know where where can they get a hold of you um 
Well, like I said, you know, they can they can go to our Two Bears Outdoors on YouTube and, and you know, send us a, a message through there, comment, whatever. Gus is really good about um, answering all the comments and questions and everything that we get. Um, and then our email, um, they can just email us at Two Bears Outdoors at gmail.com. Perfect. And what we'll do, we'll, we'll put that on the show notes and everything. Uh, this has been a blast. I I, I love, um, to me, the, the, these episodes where we get a chance to really meet somebody new somewhere that's not local. Because we, we, we love to keep everything local, but also we love to meet somebody just completely new and then just open our horizons. So it's so yeah. cool. Um, love it. And I can't wait to get down to Florida. And, and I am seriously uh, I'm going to take the kids down there, the family. I'll, I'll definitely reach out to you guys. I, I definitely want to get a chance to meet with you. I don't know about the snake room. I, I'm not going to lie. Gus already knows I'm not the biggest snake man. Oh, oh. He'll be trying to get you on an alligator. You just oh, wait. Shit. Oh, Go ahead, kid. Oh, okay. Going back to the snake room real quick. Do you guys have hognose snakes or ever had hognose snakes? Have we? Gus has had them. I don't. Have we had them since? Uh, no. Gus had had one at one time, but we since I've been we've been married, we haven't had one here. So so like, I I've been having an interest in like reptiles and stuff lately. I've been watching these <laughs> snake videos, and uh -oh. if if there was gonna be a snake that I would get, it would be the hognose snake. And if there was ever a cute snake, it would be a hognose because they got like this short, stubby little face. And like, I don't know, it's, they're just, I don't know. There's like, they they're are. Gonna, yeah, they are. they're cute. They're cute snakes. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm not a snake. I'm not a snake guy. I told you. <laughs> Sorry, man. Uh oh, I, I bet if you saw a hognose snake, you'll change your mind. Like, wow, a cute snake. Interesting. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm not gonna lie. Cute and snake to me. Did, oh man! All right. <laughs> Till next time, everybody. Thank you so much, Christy. All right. <laughs>